Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for the newest episode and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto featuring PGA Latin America tour player, Solman Raza. Solman, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me, Dylan. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I really appreciate you coming and doing set and we're able to set this up and everything. So uh, we'll get straight into the questions. Where were you born and kind of where were you, where were you raised most of your life? Uh, I was born in Vilnius, Lithuania. Um, I was adopted from my parents at about two weeks old. Uh, oh. my, my mother's from, uh, from New Jersey and from Teaneck, New Jersey. Mm. Um, and my dad is from Lahore, Pakistan. Wow. Um, so they adopted me when I was two weeks old and uh, brought me back to Eugene. And I've uh, <clears throat> been lucky enough to stay in the same home my entire life. I haven't had to move. I've traveled a lot, but mm-hmm. thankfully I've been able to stick in Eugene. So it was a, it was a good place uh, for me to grow up, I believe. A uh, good college town, but also like people know everyone. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to develop a lot of like close friendships with people and um the nice part is eugene's one of those places that um when you meet people you don't really forget them like you know like i said everybody mm-hmm. knows everyone so when i'm back yeah. there it's nice to see familiar faces yeah that's good yeah it's nice to have a kind of small community and um like you said everybody kind of knows everybody so you're very friendly and and stuff like that um how'd you get into the game of golf did your parents help you get into the game of golf grandparents friends or did you just get in by yourself um, I, I basically got into it when I was about three years old. Um, okay. my parents kind of gave me a set of plastic clubs, mm-hmm. um, that I, I mean, I was a very active kid at a young age. I was always into anything with related to like golf balls or playing soccer or playing basketball. I was just yeah. super into that stuff. So they got me some golf clubs because my mom and my dad at the time when they moved to Eugene, they kind of picked up golf a little bit. My dad used to play cricket. So golf was like the closest thing kind of besides baseball or something, but right. Right. Yeah. They got me into it when I was three and then it was just something that I kind of fell in love with. And it seemed like it was the sport that I seemed to be most attached to. And, um, I, uh, started taking lessons when I was about seven years old from, uh, an instructor out at one of the courses in Eugene called River Ridge, uh, oh, by okay. Jim Dodd nice. and, uh, Al Mundell, who used to be the assistant coach at, um, at, uh, Oregon, he was there too. So I would take lessons with him. And so, yeah, it was a good place for me. Uh, just, um, I developed a really close relationship with Jim and, um, he and I are still kind of working together, um, as, as my instructor. So it's been nice to have that significant figure in my life, you know? Yeah. No kidding. That's important. Yeah. And, um, I mean, kind of touching on what you had just said, um, so you had uh, the assistant coach at Oregon and stuff. You was kind of you were kind of working with him a little bit and stuff. Um, in relation to the recruiting process, um, about what when did you start that, and then did he kind of help you kind of with that journey as well, or how did that go? Well, recruiting process. I mean, I mostly my mom is a professor at the U of O, so she. Oh, okay. Um, she and I, she kind of helped me send out emails to coaches, mm-hmm. and um, I did that, like, my sophomore year, I believe, of high school. I started sending out emails just yeah. to schools that I was interested interested in, and um, the I wanted to go into landscape architecture at the time. That was because I wanted to do golf course design, so I was specifically yeah. working at schools that obviously had a strong golf program, but also had that landscape architecture of course, yeah. aspect in, in education, so um, and for me, so I, I started emailing about my sophomore year and then obviously around your junior year, you're starting to kind of respond to a lot of these colleges and you're visiting places. And so that was about the time I started visiting mostly West Coast schools. I got some offers from other ones, but um, I wanted to stay mostly on the West Coast for myself, right. just be a little closer home somehow. So, um, yeah, but that awesome. was about, yeah. Yeah. So, um, what was, what was the kind of thing that, uh, was that, is that the thing that kind of set you with the university of Oregon that, um, it was just kind of close to home. And, uh, I mean, your mom was a teacher there and you kind of had a lot of connections with there. So it was kind of, kind of hit a spot for you at home there. 
Yeah, no, it absolutely did. I mean, I wanted to be closer to my parents and yeah. um, I, I had a pretty close relationship with uh, Casey Martin um, mm-hmm. growing up. I mean, him being a, a Eugene native kid and um, <clears throat> him being the coach at Oregon and and when I was younger, he was playing nationwide most of the time. So when he would come through Shadow Hills and they would play their uh, nationwide tour event out there, I would I would be volunteering on like one of the tee boxes. And oh, cool! So he and I had like a very uh, friendly relationship, and uh, time to time he would go out of his way to play a couple holes with me. And so we, he and I, really developed like that that relationship together. And um, I think that played a factor when I was looking at schools to go play I just um I was looking at UC Davis and Washington uh Cal and I believe Arizona State was another one. Oh, okay but yeah I think Oregon just like the facilities um facilities were huge for me I mean for student athletes there their their facilities are top notch I mean they really take care of you there and they make sure that you're getting the best academic experience as well as um kind of pers- uh, pursuing your professional career and making sure or working towards your professional career in the right direction. And they've got a ton of great um, uh, other um, coaches and, and trainers that are there to help you and allow you to kind of progress in the way you want to. But I think I committed there mainly because of Casey and I knew with his experience in professional golf and just my personal relationship with him yeah I felt like he was a good fit for me and he understood who I was as a person how my game translated and what was good for me um at the time you know yeah no I mean that's it, it makes total sense I mean now learning kind of more about you and stuff it, it makes total sense why to do that um so you ultimately decided to go to University of Oregon and play for Casey Martin um what was what's one thing that you think junior golfers should really focus on or something that would help them gain exposure if they want to have if they have a goal to play college golf well I think the biggest thing is just competing I mean it all comes down to that at the end of the day I mean if you're a junior golfer it's whatever you can play in whether it's AJGA events or I don't know if they still have FCWT events but those were also those were still, um, those were events that you could play in as a junior golfer playing in the Callaway Junior World as well, Optimus mm-hmm. in Florida. I mean, at that point, you want to play in whatever you can besides like your junior golf events in your own state and around there. But, um, and then I think it's tough unless you have obviously the, the proper guidance. But I think the biggest thing that I kind of learned was at a young age, like you, you it's during that time you're, you're trying to build your work ethic. You're trying to understand like what I need to do to prepare myself for that collegiate experience and like how mm-hmm. I can be yeah. ready when that day comes. And I think when you play junior golf, like you're surrounded by a lot of good competitors, but it's not the same when you go to college where it's like, it's more of a team camaraderie. Like you're mm-hmm. all working together closely, your brothers, right. And you're all aiming for that one specific goal, which is winning a national championship. And, um, but I think the main, main thing is that as a junior golfer, it's just playing in whatever you can. I mean, whether it's a, it's a junior event in a different state that's within their own organization, or you're just mm-hmm. playing like AGGA events and, and just getting consistent and learning the proper, like, practice, uh, routines and skills that you need to develop in your game to, um, kind of reach the goals that you want to achieve in a sense so yeah that that seems that it's a very very good point that you have there to just play in anything that you can and um like you said at the end of the day it comes down to how well you play and um how much of a competitor you are um kind of like you were saying the change from junior golf and um i guess you could say high school golf and stuff um what was the biggest change that you saw going from junior uh junior golf to the uh division one competition well, I think it was the competition in general. I mean, you're playing against some of the top amateurs in the world. You're playing right. great golf courses. Mm-hmm. You're traveling with a team. And again, like I said, it, it's more when you're in high school, unless you're playing for some like high school that's very well known and has and, and you're in a state like California or some of these or somewhere like Florida, like mm-hmm. where the junior golfers are really stacked there. Whereas in Oregon, we had we had a lot of good players around my at my age and older, but, um, the, the competitive field wasn't to the same level as when you go to a collegiate event, when you go there, it's like, you're playing people like Sean Crocker and Aaron yeah. 
Oh yeah. And, them and, and it's like, okay, like these guys are really good. And like, and I think it helps being in college because you have co- coaches like Casey or Matt Thurmond or some of these other big names that are, they know what it takes to get to that next level of professional golf. Mm-hmm. So there, there are things that you have to obviously do in your college um, career that need to translate if you want to play at that next level past it. But for me, it was more the competitive stage of it. It was just playing in three day events rather than one or two day events. You're playing right. 36 holes in one day, which is something you're yep. not used to as much. So that's something you have to adapt to. Um, just even traveling with the team and, and trying to feel like you're not just playing for your, you're playing for yourself, but you're, you're trying to play as a team and yeah. you're making sure that like your decisions have an effect on how the team kind of plays during that tournament. So you have to hold yourself accountable. Um, and I think that was the part that I really enjoyed about it is like, we all made sure that we were doing our part and we would push each other and make sure that we're keeping your, keeping each other accountable in a sense and just um, making sure that we're getting better as a team and, and improving our camaraderie as a, in a way, just getting closer together, where, however that may be, whether it be just doing fun um, practices and but making them competitive in a way. So we're like getting chippy with each other, but it's, it's friendly chippiness. It's, um, it's kind of like, going for a throw but you're just trying to (laughs) you're trying to develop that that natural instinct with your players to like be on the same page you know like that's the biggest thing I I noticed is like um going from I know freshman year to senior year there were a lot of changes due to um the age group on our team but also just like how we all mesh together as one like that was the biggest thing I I realized is the teams that do the best are the ones that are most closely knit together that everybody's just always wanting to be around one another and they're all again striving for the same goal you know right well and yeah you're spending so much time together and stuff and um kind of you were just touching um the different age group from your or different age levels and stuff and maturity levels um, from freshmen to seniors and stuff, um, kind of break down your years at University of Oregon. Talk about the team's performance as well as your performance individual. Yeah, I mean, my freshman year going in, I, I mean, I knew I was a good player, but I mean, there were, I knew there were a lot of things that I had yet to learn and yet to know really about college golf and how like qualifying went and practices and mm-hmm. whatnot. But I was just trying my freshman year to play like three, four events Mm-hmm. And it so turned out that I made the first tournament and then I was able to play as like the either one guy to like three guy and I was playing every single event. And it yeah. was it was a very cool experience just being able to go week in, week out and travel with these guys and try to win golf tournaments together. And yeah, it was it was fun. But like as the years went on, I think we had a ton of talent my freshman sophomore year. We had Jonathan Wu. We had um, a couple other guys like Rock Cho and um, and they were mostly in their like couple. We were we had five freshmen, so four and then including me, so five. And then um, we had a couple um, like one or two sophomores. And then a couple seniors and like a junior in there. And yeah, um, you guys were young I think team. our team had, we had a lot of talent, but I think it didn't, I don't, to me, I didn't feel like we had the same depth as like once I got to my redshirt year, which is mm-hmm. when Aaron came in. Yeah. And I think it also, it has a large part to do with how the team does like in those years with recruiting, like it makes a difference when kids want to come in, they see like how teams are progressing and what, who's, who's playing well on the team and obviously the environment in the team. And I think people, uh, junior players, when they come in, they like to see like, Oh, these guys look awesome to practice with. They (laughs) look like a lot of fun to just like get better with and feel like I can really feel like I'm, I'm a part of something with that group, you know? Yeah, of Um, course. And that's something you don't really experience in high school In high school. It's kind of like for me at South, like I had my buddies I'm playing with and they're, they enjoy playing golf, but it's, it's a different yeah. level when you go to that because oh, everybody's, yeah. Yeah. Cause well, well, yeah. Cause like, I mean, you're going, you have a certain expectation, your goals that you want, and they could be totally different than somebody in high school and stuff. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, just kind of when you're talking about your years, um, how you said you just wanted to make, you know, you wanted to make the lineup, you wanted to play in tournaments and stuff. And um, just a couple stats I have here, you played in 13 events your freshman year. Um, yeah, two top tens, five top 25s, finished the season out with a scoring average of 72.9. I mean, going into your first year, you played, I mean, that's got to be almost every tournament. You maybe missed, yeah. maybe missed one, if that. I think one event, and I, I do remember it was funny. And I think this is the biggest part about college too, is learning how to balance school with, 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 uh, with your sport, like your mm -hmm. academics and your professional career. Yeah. And, um, it's tough. I mean, it's not like high school, high school. It's like you drive to the event and you come back. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here it's like, you're traveling for a week, maybe a couple more days and you're not there in class. And I'm the kind of person that likes to be in class to like understand the material. So like, mm -hmm. I remember my freshman year, we were on the road. I think we were in Palm Springs and I looked at Casey. I was like, Hey, like, is there any chance I can like maybe miss this one event? Cause I got some stuff and he's like, Oh no, yeah. Sorry. Like you got to play. <laughs> and I was like, I wasn't like, upset about that at all like I right. wanted to play but um but it just like it kind of made me learn that all right like if you want to play every single week you got to learn to also balance like this yeah. part of school which is it, it was tough but it was a lot of fun it was I definitely built some skills for sure yeah, learning how to learn outside of class so yeah that's a um, huge thing huge thing. yeah huge and then um, just some stats for your sophomore year and stuff. Um, you played 12 out of the 14 tournaments. You had six top 25 finishes, finishing with a 72.97 scoring average. So, I mean, once again, you're making almost every tournament and stuff. I mean, that's that's just got to be a confidence booster. And you know that your game is good enough to not only play on this team, but to play with some of the best amateurs in the world. Um, yeah. You previously had talked about uh, you redshirted um the year uh 2014 to 2015 and Aaron Weiss had came in time kind of talk about what the team was looking like for your junior year and your senior year and stuff and how did you guys progress um well when Aaron came in we all knew obviously with what he had accomplished and being at his ranking he we knew he was gonna be a force on our team for sure and I mm -hmm. think there were we also knew that he was gonna bring a lot of valuable um components to allowing us to basically showing us how what it meant to prepare for an event how like the mentality like your passion for the game and whatnot because we we all had that but I think having that person that you see that just has that extra drive to mm -hmm. you know reach that level after college yeah I think it all kind of made us realize like all right like we have like we have a really solid squad and like if we simply just all come together and we all um and we all just decide that this is what we want to do. We know we can achieve these things. Like mm -hmm. I remember our practices were much more intense. We were way more, we were extremely focused. We were very competitive with one another, but it was very friendly. Like we were all yeah. very close with Aaron and we appreciated nice it. We, we appreciated his work ethic. That was what I think got us to bind together is who he was as a person, but also what he brought to the table when it came to playing the game of golf, you know? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it, like you're saying, just within practices of being so intense and competitive. Um, I know just at my division two level that I play at, um, it's very competitive at practices, even at the junior college level I play at, um, it was very competitive and if that's, what's going to, it's going to make you a better player. So that's so awesome. you Aaron Wise was able to come on and bring that kind of mentality and intensity to your guys' team. Um, yeah. your junior year, you played in 13 events, finished the season with a scoring average of 72.44. And uh, that was a very special year for you guys. Kind of talk about what uh, what resulted at the very end of your season. Uh, that was something that you can't really make up. That's for sure. I, <laughs> I um, it was. I think as strange as this sounds, like I knew from previous teams that Casey had had, like he had had Daniel Marniki, Eugene Wong, and uh, Andrew Vaharo, like a couple All Americans, mm -hmm. and I mean just, but they were mainly like older, like seniors and juniors, and whereas right. we were more like you were younger juniors team. And, and a freshman or a sophomore, and like usually teams like that can make it to the finals or make it to that end of NCAA's, but the experience doesn't really yeah. pay out so much but I think what 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 allowed us to achieve that goal was again just hours and hours of of practicing and being so committed to um working on certain parts of our game that we knew we could improve at and also knowing that 
just believing in one another. I think that was the biggest part is we all believed in each other. We, um, we knew what each of us had um, game-wise and also in our strengths. And it was, it was something very special to share that with like with the community of, of Eugene and, and the, um, the program at University of Oregon. And um, it's definitely something that you never forget. I mean, I, yeah, I no still kidding. remember going into Casey's office. I think it was my redshirt year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I told him, I was like, I want to win a national championship. This is why I came here. This is like, I know you're the coach that can, that can bring that to us. And yeah. like, I know we have the team to do it. And I think that year we just, we were all on another level of commitment when it came to um, the bigger goal at the end of the year. I think we just realized, you know, like we can act, we can be consistent throughout the year, but when it comes to postseason, like that's when we like need to be at our sharpest and mentally mainly um, I think that was the biggest part. We started working with a, with a mental coach um, who worked with a couple other colleges by mm-hmm. the name of Jay, Jay Bronza and and we started adapting this meditation, basically, um, we all started doing. And I think that was something that had a huge impact for me personally in my experience in nationals to remain as calm as I did. Yeah. But also, I think all of us, that was something we all made sure that we were um, that we were committing ourselves to doing because we knew it, something as small as that could actually make a significant impact in just yeah. your overall game. Yeah, exactly. Kind of exactly what you're talking about uh, to keep yourself calm and everything. Um, I'd like to just go in depth with that. Um, you guys won the national championship. Uh, you guys were playing against a very hard and uh, skilled Texas team. And uh, you guys went into 21 holes, I believe it was. And just kind of explain to me the kind of golf you guys played that day and um, just what that moment was like when you made that last putt to win the national championship for your team. Well, um, I think the golf that we played, I mean, we didn't start out super well in stroke play. Mm -hmm. Um, We kind of, we were a little, let's just say slow off the start. And Mm -hmm. um, I think um, we recognized that that wasn't the kind of, that didn't really translate to how we felt as a team with our performance that first day of stroke play. And I think we just kind of all, sat down with each other and we figured out like what needed to be done going forward to make match play and kind of give ourselves a chance because I mean we're playing on our home turf we have the biggest advantage over any team oh yeah right but right. then again but then again we had never we've played Eugene we play as much as like three times a week but we'd never seen it really in conditions like this so mm-hmm. it was also different for us because we're not used to playing as firm as fast as it was right but, yeah um I think once I think that was we just all began believing in our own games in a sense. I mean, um, Edwin played some of the best golf of that of his uh, freshman year in that part of the national championship. And Mm -hmm. and uh, Zach really stepped up. He was um, going through some stuff uh, earlier in the year with his wedge game and that just suddenly clicked. He put awesome put some work in after that first round of stroke play and and I think we all just we knew that this was our best chance to kind of um have something come to fruition as winning a national championship so for me like getting to those last couple holes of regulation like I hadn't I didn't feel like I was playing the the quality of golf that I'm used to seeing for myself in in relation to like ball striking and stuff but that was the best short game putting week of my life I think I I remember scrambling in a lot of areas playing um and chipping in and just hitting quality wedge shots and then just making a lot of putts yeah and I think the biggest aspect of me coming through and that was just again that that side of the the mental side of the game when it comes to being very calm and collective and being very lost in your process the routine and not letting outside forces of the crowd or whoever, whatever it may be kind of get in the way, but just being so solely focused on each and every shot. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned from that. And I mean, when that putt went in, I, I blacked out. I don't, (laughs) I don't remember it. I I just remember screaming. And then the next thing I remember is getting a thing of water, like dumped on my face at the bottom Uh of the pile. Right. (laughs) um, It was just, it was something that I never 
thought would happen as much as I wanted it to and mm-hmm. believed that it could happen. But just knowing that it, that we had done it was the most gratifying um, moment for all of us, I think. Yeah, no kidding. And it's just, that's a moment that you dream of, like you said, and um, being able to compete with a team that you are so close to and so capable of winning a national championship and actually doing it. I mean, camera cameras are there on the golf channel. I remember watching that and it was just so awesome. I couldn't imagine, you know, being in your shoes, making that last putt Um, you defeated. I mean, and you defeated Taylor Funk, which, I mean, he's a very, very good player himself. Very good player. Extremely good player. I've gotten to know Taylor actually a little bit through the Latin America tour and he and I have developed a pretty good um, friendship together and he's a hell of a player. And he, I mean, he really stuck it to me in that, in that round. Like we both might've been a little bit off our first couple holes. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's understandable. It's a national championship round. You're playing the last group. It's, you're going to feel nerves for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just, I mean, the, the match was so back and forth, but we were both just going after each other. And <laughs> we knew that both of our games weren't as sharp as we probably would have liked, but we made the most out of it. And we knew like something bigger was on the line. So you kind of see that, that extra fight come out in the player when that's going on. But it was, um, there were, there were a lot of uh, moments where it was just, Ooh, and like, just, uh, suspenseful moments for sure. And, um, but I think for me, it was just being so focused on my mental side of the game because Mm -hmm. anybody that gets in that situation, they would understand, they know that your heart, your heart starts racing. You start kind of like feeling the jitters, like, because you start thinking about the bigger picture. And in that moment, I was, I had those flashes of like oh what if this goes in and uh-huh right, we, right yeah we win it but you have to bring yourself back to you know okay what am i doing on this shot how am mm-hmm. i gonna walk into this where's my mindset at what's how's the how do i want the shot to be hit and, mm-hmm. and how am i gonna execute it it's just um i think that was the part that really helped me a lot was just being so lost in the routine of it and not let anything else kind of get in the way we're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors yeah, that's that's such a great thing to lean on because, like you said, you could a lot of people can be in that moment, and like you said, you could be thinking, "Oh, what if this happened? You know, what if this happened? What if this?" And there's a lot of what ifs, and you try and you you just have to stay focused, and you have to just play every shot the best you possibly can to go through your routine, and you have to mentally be there. Like you said, that is such a huge thing. Not only, of course, in a national championship situation like you were in that's something you really want to focus on but just golf in general I mean it's such a mental game and um I think that's that's so awesome that you're able to lean on that in that moment and um take home national championship for your team that's that's just such an awesome thing um so after that you had your senior year um after you graduated what was the plan had you always wanted to turn pro or how'd you go about that path well I wanted to turn pro but I at the time I kind of, I played that, that summer and mm-hmm. I wasn't playing particularly like I wasn't playing bad, but not the golf that I would have expected if I wanted to play professional golf. So I ended up actually, I decided to be an intern assistant coach for the team okay. for like part for a year. Cause I thought maybe coaching was something I would maybe want to like transition into. And, mm-hmm. and that um, I enjoyed that experience, but I kind of realized at that moment that i didn't really think I was I didn't want to be in coaching so I decided to actually move up to Portland and um, I luckily had a teammate Max Carter who um, was working for Jones at the time yeah and I got in contact with him about a job and so um, both my bosses were um, kind enough to give me an opening as like working in the warehouse and doing just very simple things like packaging and uh, label shipping and Mm -hmm. um and whatnot. So I started doing that. And I think it was just because at the time I didn't, I didn't have that. I wasn't having fun with golf. And I think that's the most important part when you're playing at any level, whether it's for fun or competitively, like if you're not having fun doing it, then it's, it's not, it's a tough game. That game is going to eat you alive. And Mm -hmm. I just realized I needed to do something else at the time that might've been different for me that might kind of reset my mindset a little bit and I think I started developing the 
that feel again of having fun on the golf course because I began playing with my buddies and like just going out and enjoying the round of golf and not caring about whether I make a bogey or I make a birdie right. or hitting a good shot or a bad shot. It was more of the overall experience of just being being able to go play on a golf course and just enjoying it, kind of being like a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a kid, you you're out there because you enjoy being out and hitting golf right. shots and like right. putting the ball in the hole. Hey, you want to get back to that. Yeah. And so, um, so I started working and, and then, um, yeah, things kind of, I started practicing a little bit. I started working out and, um, and then, yeah, I was able to qualify for the U S open, which was a dream come true. That's something mm-hmm. that I, at the time thought, like any other player, like, Oh, I'm going to go try this. And it'd be nice to, to do it, but to be able to do it and then go there, it was pretty sweet. And then kind of same thing at the Barracuda, I gave it a shot. And it was, again, one of those rounds where um, you just feel like everything's clicking things that you're hitting good shots, you're making right. pots. And uh-huh. yeah. So um, I think just that whole process though, of going from not wanting to turn pro and just trying to do something different and reset myself, just kind of find, what it is I want to do with my life and if professional golf is something, but I, I think while working, I understood and began to appreciate more the time I gave for practicing and playing and stuff. It was more like, I want to go practice now. I want to go work on this. Right, yeah. Before I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't, I kind of lost that drive to go out and grind and do drills and mm-hmm. practice for hours and hours. But now that I had a job, I felt like, I had to make the most of my day and I realized like I'm missing the game. I haven't touched a club in two weeks. I want to, I actually yeah. want to go and do some putting drills and see where my game's at. But of course, yeah, that's kind of how things translated. I did hmm. that. And then, um, yeah, after playing those two events, my bosses were like, you know, why don't you go get a shot? Why don't you at least try? Because if you look back, you're going to regret that you didn't, um, try to at least pursue professional golf. And if it's something you don't like, then you can always come back here or you can find something that you're um, better suited for. But um, we think it would be a a good decision if you tried to like go do it. So I gave it a shot and here we are today. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You're currently playing, you know, you're playing some PGA Latin America tour events and um, you're kind of just playing all around the world. What's that like playing in those events and playing on that tour? Oh, it's awesome. It's been such a fun experience uh, experience. And um, I've been lucky enough to travel around the world when I was much younger. So I, I was oh, okay. it wasn't new for me to go to new places. So mm-hmm. I'd never been to most most parts of South America. I'd been to Brazil when I was younger. Um, but being able to travel down there and just experience it, experience the culture, the food, the lifestyles, the different golf courses um the weather it's just it's really cool and I've made a lot of new friends out there it's kind of nice that once you get down there you find that you meet a lot of cool guys and you begin playing practice rounds with them you room with them and you just do stuff and you kind of again build that like your own little camaraderies like in Mm -hmm. your group or yeah people that you're with but you all appreciate one another you all try to we all try to help each other in some way and um, it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And the co- competition is really strong. And I think the part I, I like the most about it is like, we're playing on different courses every single time we tee it up. I mean, we could be in one part of Brazil and we're playing on Bermuda or we could uh-huh. be somewhere else and playing on Bent or Zoysia or something. And right. I think being in Oregon, we're so used to playing bluegrass and like pretty like um, one kind of grass. And I felt like my game's been able to expand in a lot of ways because now I'm learning how to play off a lot of these surfaces, mm-hmm. different weather conditions. And um, I mean, my first event was last year in Panama and I, it felt like I was on the coast at Bandon, but right. I mean, I'm in Panama <laughs> yeah, you're... Miles an hour and you're hitting three irons from 180. It's like, yeah, you're like, uh, what is this? <laughs> yeah. But you learn to adapt. Like you, the more you play in it, you're kind of figuring out, okay, like this is how I hit a low shot. This is like, <laughs> yeah, this is how you hit this pitch shot off this type of grass. Or like if you just, you kind of, you kind of learn as you go. And I think that's the really cool part. So. 
and it's just going to make you it's going to make you a better player playing those kind of conditions and um just all around the world and like you said different types of grass and stuff i mean that's just it's only going to make you a better player i mean it, it that's all it is um yeah. so what are some of your goals heading into the 2020 year for professional golf for you well my goal is to i want to win a latin uh tour event i mean i've mm-hmm. come close i've finished t4 an event by like two or three shots um i've had a couple good finishes but this year i want to i want to win a latin america event that's my biggest goal um my other goal is just to continue working on my mental side of the game because that's something that i believe is like any golfer would attest is like the most important part of the game seriously if you're mentally like strong enough you can play with whatever game you have and that's the reason why tiger's as good as he is because he's one of the best mentally to ever play the game like jack and whatnot but um but there's that and then obviously the game has translated a lot with your with your physique like people guys are training like crazy working on their fitness and making sure they're gaining speed and stuff so that's something that i want to get better at i feel like i can get a little bit stronger as a player and improve Mm -hmm um my flexibility and and increase some club head speed because i i'm i hit it plenty far but nowadays you guys start hitting it a little further out there yep, to yep. you know make it make the course a little shorter and um it definitely plays an advantage when you hit it a little further so um and then i all, i want to also try to reach the top 10 in the points list points list is you get in the top 10 you get in the final stage of q school and you have a better chance of kind of moving on to corn ferry and right now i think i'm i think 49th after three events but this year has been totally different obviously but right yeah um, seriously but i mean we still have 10 more events that they're going to play for us so there's plenty of golf left out there and um i have some time off now that i'm going to use to my advantage and keep working on those things of just getting stronger mentally getting stronger physically and then working toward working on the parts of my game that I feel like I need to kind of clean up a little bit. Putting is one of them for sure. I want to make my putting more consistent out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just being also consistent for four rounds, I think is so key when you're playing professional golf, if you can put four consistent rounds out there and make cuts, you're, you're doing something good for sure. Right. Um, but obviously I, I want to be more at the top of the leaderboard because I know I feel like my game can get there. I feel like I'm really close. It's just a matter of kind of tweaking a couple of things. And, and then I think I'll be on my way there. Awesome. I mean, yeah, that's, I wish you nothing but the best and that um, I'll, you know, keep track as much as I can and watch you as much as I can. Um, just kind of heading into, I got a couple questions here at the end for you. Um, you had touched a little bit on it. Um, you played in the 2018 Barracuda, which you tied 37th getting 23 points. Um, what did your first PGA Tour event feel like? Uh, what did the prep look like? And what was your strategy playing in a tournament with Stableford format? Um, well, my prep was, again, I, I, I was still working at the time, so I, I'm still practicing a little bit, but I'm not like hours and hours grinding. Right. On not like your college so, days. <laughs> yeah, no, not like the college days, not like a, probably a real professional would have gone into it. But um, <laughs> I mean, at the time, I um, so I went down there, I played practice around the on the for the monday qualifier mm-hmm. and um my game just felt really good and i happened to shoot one of the lowest rounds of my my career there you go. And then All right. going into that tournament i think i just playing the practice round i felt like that course just suited me really well i'm a very accurate player and i i tend to hit a left right shot mm-hmm. and the course was just set up i thought just right for me and um i think in stableford you want to be aggressive but you also you want to play smart, but I think it's the kind of format that you want to take a few more risks, kind of like how match play is in a way. Right, right, yeah. Um, and I think that is a key component in it. I, um, I, I mean, also thought about it. I'm playing in my first like PGA Tour event, pretty much, and I just, I thought, what, what do I have to lose? Like, right, yeah. I I mean, two days or four days. I'd love to play four days, but not ton people Monday in and get to play four rounds, but. Mm-hmm. Um, my game was in a good place. I was putting well. I was hitting the ball really solid. Um, so I felt like there was no reason for me not to be able to play through the weekend. And um, yeah, I played well. Um, I can't really remember the first round or second round. I think the second round I went pretty low. First round was kind of like mm-hmm. I, think I shot yeah. something like even or made a couple of points. But the second mm-hmm. round I just rolled it really well, hit the ball beautifully, and then 
kind of kind of faltered on the third round wasn't my best like putting round and then the last day kind of again went for that aggressive mentality and it paid off so yeah it definitely helped making a eagle in the last hole and almost (laughs) I think pulling out from the fairway was pretty sweet just like I think that experience of having a gallery and you hit a shot in there and you hear them Uh kind of like going oh right oh yeah yeah it's just like it's it's so fun like I think in that moment I realized like this is what I want to do like this is super cool like Grant being at Shinnecock and playing a U.S. Open I was like I think I was a little bit more intimidated in that just Mm because that was my first legitimate professional but major event so yeah um, yeah talk about that yeah let's let's talk about the U.S. Open yeah yeah so that was for me I think I just went in there just trying to soak it all in I I don't think I had any I I wanted to obviously try to make the cut because it's hard Mm -hmm. to make a cut in a major and seriously being someone that had wasn't playing professionally so um as um as much as most professionals do I felt like I I put in a lot of prep into the event like I practiced hours and hours like a week and a half two weeks into the tournament but when you get there it's like there's a certain like aura that kind of comes on you because you're stepping foot on a major major track and Mm -hmm. you're hanging out with the best players in the world so it was um it was a super cool experience I got to meet a lot of um some of my idols and um it was just fun to watch them like see how they practiced how they took their practice rounds but they were all just super fun to be around super nice and um I got to play with uh Xander and Charlie Hoffman in a practice round that's so awesome um got to I hold out from the like the bunker on I think it was like the sixth or seventh hole in my practice round in front of Adam Scott and that was like kind of cool Uh and uh and then I played a practice round with Kucher and Duffner and played like a little like fun little nine hole bet with them I lost money unfortunately but yeah but (laughs) but it was it was just so cool though just like being able to play with those guys and and to me I thought compared to my game I was like these guys are really good but what really makes them so good is like how how consistent they are in so in every part of their game. Like Mm -hmm. they drive the ball. Well, they, their approach shots are always in the right spot most of the time. And then when it comes to short game, they're just like, they get up and down from pretty much anywhere. Right. Yeah. It's just automatic. Make a lot of putts. They're just so dialed in. And, and I think I realized like these guys are really good, but they're, but I think I compared myself. I was like, I don't, I, I could definitely see myself competing out here. I don't see how this guy's better than me. If I just, if I'm able to get those parts of my game more consistently, it's right. It's, it's a, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, and you're playing in the event, um, you know, it, you're, you're playing alongside these guys. And like you said, you feel like if you just t- uh, tighten up a couple things that your game would be there. And um, so what, what did the prep look like going into a U.S. Open um, while you were there? Did you have any of your coaches with you? Kind of what, what was the prep before you started the, the tournament? So, so the prep was, it was a little different. So I... Um, yeah, a little different than I, the Barracuda. I, I had to, uh, I unfortunately, I don't know if you saw, but I like kind of had an accident yeah. before my, my sectional qualifier. Mm-hmm. And so I obviously was able to play through that it wasn't too bad but yeah. the prep was I mean you got a week I think it was like a week after that that I was leaving for it so I had a couple I've used those couple of days to kind of work on my game and um, worked on a lot of putting a lot of chipping ball striking felt really solid but when I got there I had my boss Matt Lemon on the bag and Sweet. I brought a lot of my uh, Jones uh, crew with me. So I brought Max and brought my other boss, Chris. And then I had my parents there, had my uh, friend, Marcus Potter, who's also part of Potter's Putting. Mm-hmm. Potter's Putting, yeah. And he was just starting up at that point. So I thought, you know, why not? Let's bring him yeah, bring him out. And that was kind of where his, his platform started to kind of move up to just being in that, uh, in that stage. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but when I was there, I mean, I did a ton of practice. I was watching a lot of guys. I was mostly just observing and trying to take in everything and just kind of soak it all in, just enjoy being somewhere that most people never get the experience to, to have. And um, it, it was super cool. I mean, I definitely, definitely hope I get the chance again to compete in one of those. So, 
Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just so awesome. And you're able to bring, you know, kind of your entourage of people with you and your parents are there with you. And it's a PGA, you know, it's a, let alone it's a PGA tour event, but I mean, it's a freaking US Open, you know, it's a USGA event. And um, you had done all your prep, you had your coaches with you, you had, um, you know, everybody just getting ready for the tournament. Um, when it came time to play the rounds and stuff, did it kind of have that feeling of, okay, whoa, this is a major, was there like a surreal moment of, okay, this is, this is serious. This is serious. Yeah. No, it, it definitely, I felt it on the first tee. I mean, you, you get out there and you got grandstands and you got right. the guy who's going to announce you. And, and uh-huh. I, I think you just know it the day you wake up, like, oh my gosh, it's Thursday on the U S uh-huh. open Thursday right. at the U S open. Like, and I, I remember that night before I didn't really sleep a whole lot. Like uh-huh. I was, I wasn't nervous. I was more just anxious to like get out there and play. Like I just wanted to start diving in the round, but I, I was, I was definitely nervous on that first tee mm-hmm. and um, definitely felt some nerves in the beginning. But I think once I was out there playing, you kind of, you forget, even though you're playing in a U.S. Open, you realize that through the conditions of the course and just like mm-hmm. the players that you're surrounded by. But I think once you're out there, you kind of get back into your competitive mindset of just right. like this is another round of golf yep we're gonna play one shot at a time we're gonna go through our routine and process and yep um but I definitely felt it those I would say those first couple holes like you're thinking about it like oh it'd be so cool to like be on the top of the leaderboard after right of course first round or make the cut or something so mm-hmm. um I think I played I felt like i played pretty solid there were I just made a couple mistakes which you can't make in a U.S. Open right yeah um I think that's the thing that I really noticed is like in those tournaments you got to be extremely patient it really tests your patience out there and you've Mm -hmm. got to par as your best friend because they don't set those courses up for you to make a ton of birdies they want you to really work for your par so um and I think me being me I I wanted to kind of attack it and get after it and it and it cost me but it was but that's the part of the experience you you learn and it's something you take forward for the next time that you get the chance to have it again so exactly i mean you said like you had just said you put yourself in those experiences and you're going to gain that knowledge and skill of what it feels like to be in that moment and i mean once again it's just going to make you a better player overall and whenever moments like that come into whether it be um, you're coming down the stretch or, you know, you're, you're leading a PGA Latin America tour event and you kind of have that, ex- you have those feelings once again, and you kind of know what to do, stick to your routine. And I think that's something, once again, that's awesome. You're able to lean on that. Um, heading into the last question here. I know we've talked about you with Jones golf and stuff um, for the listeners that don't know Jones golf, they make um, some of the awesome sickest uh, leather golf bags ever. Um, not just other golf bags, they have apparel um, I even, I literally have, um, a little bag right here from Jones Love right it. here. Yeah. Got it. That's a tote. Yep. I, like, I, yep, like I it. got it right here. Um, just kind of talk about your relationship with Jones golf as well. Um, how that start. And then also with your sponsorship, uh, with, uh, Grayson clothing. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I, when I moved up to Portland, that's kind of how I got my in with Jones was just working mm-hmm. with them. And I really felt like I kind of developed like a second family up here. Like I admire everyone that I work with and um, I have, I have the largest appreciation for both my bosses. And Mm -hmm. I think the coolest part about Jones is that we all love golf. We all appreciate, we all like love, we have some sort of background in it. So we have that appreciation for it. And that's, I think translates to how we run the business, but, um, but that's kind of like how I, got my in with Jones was just working there and stuff and then um and it's funny I didn't even know anything about Jones really till like my senior year of college when we stopped by Mm -hmm. to just kind of say hi to to Max when he was working there but um but it's just been super cool to be a part be a part of their um their brand and uh just be surrounded with a lot of people that um I, I care about and um I know that they also love the game as much as I do. And um, I think my, <clears throat> my sponsorship with Grayson came through Jones kind of because um, we, my boss, they, we kind of collaborate with Grayson. Right. So yeah, they I do. Yep. Qualified, when I qualified for the U S open, they um, Grayson like wanted to uh, dress me up for the U S open. Cause I think I was one of their, 
maybe one of their first players that play in a major. So they mm-hmm. like, they fitted me and they got me a whole outfit and that's that awesome. process was super cool. And then I've also had the privilege to meet the owner of Grayson at our Jones, like weekender golf trip that we uh, usually put together every year with mm-hmm. um, a lot of uh, the people that are promoters or people that share our brand. And of course. Um, so, yeah. He, and his story is super cool about Grayson. So that was really unique. And I got to meet um, uh, when I was in uh, Shinnecock, I got to, I went to New York and they were opening a new Grayson retail space and oh, Saks nice. Fifth Avenue. So, so Kelly Craft was there, Luke Donald was there and it was awesome. just kind That's of a so cool, cool. Uh, cool experience with that too. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and so I, I've still maintained a close relationship with them and they've been, um, extremely um extremely nice of providing me with some of the best clothing and i love their stuff i mean it's i tell anyone that doesn't wear grace i'm like you got to try this stuff it's good. right like, right it's, yeah it's the real deal <laughs> but, uh-huh. um yeah it, it's I, i'm very blessed to be a part of both uh both programs like they're extremely um they've been extremely kind to me and they've um helped me kind of helped me on my path and um so i'm looking forward to hopefully at the next stage being able to kind of help jones out in that sense like bringing them to corn ferry and up or Uh and just being a part of grayson's been a privilege being part um a lot of other great players are are part of their um their uh their clothing so yeah i mean story exactly um I know both Jones and Grayson, they make some of the cleanest golf gear that's made in the golf industry. Um, I have two Jones golf bags that just, you know, just a single strap ones. And um, they're so, they're just great. They're perfect for, you know, if you're walking or something and, you know, you throw all your clubs, it, it carries a lot of stuff. So um, oh, yeah, yeah I, I, both of those companies are some of the coolest brands in the golf industry. And uh, that's so awesome that you're able to have both of them on your side and uh, play for both of them. Um yeah. Well, uh, that looks like that'll wrap up this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto with Solman Raza. Solman, thank you so much for coming on, man, and kind of talking about you and your uh, journey in the golf world. Thank you, Dylan. It was a pleasure, and uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Alrighty, Have a good one, everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.